Another week. Another week, man. Zach, how are you feeling today, brother? Feeling pretty good. It's a nice, nice relaxing week off for me and enjoying a little bit of the sun when it pops out from the sky over here. But for the most part, I'm feeling pretty good. You? I've got no complaints on this side, man. Life's good. We got a visit from our Atlanta Falcon source who's in town right now. So I got to hang out with him for a little bit yesterday. Nice. Um, that brings us really all full circle around. I mean, nothing wrong here. Just back to the grind, man. Back to the grind. That's it. Getting ready for this little bit of dead season of media time. To, at least we have a NFL training camp in a week. Let's go if you're a fan of this podcast, because I think we're about to ramp up when it comes to NFL coverage. Oh, this is going to be great, man. It's an exciting season. Uh, we have a lot of great little things to touch upon. I look forward to our coverage. What I Actually, you know what, Zach? Let's just, when do you want to start our breakdowns of the divisions and division winners? Might be next week. I'll tell you that. Because All right. We need to get into the good stuff very soon. I think we're going to have, actually, the next couple of weeks should be a little bit busy. We still have the NBA draft that's around the corner. We still have uh, NBA free agency. But then straight to the grind of the NFL schedule, as far as I'm concerned. So I think we're going to get some division breakdowns coming. Should be interesting. We might have a little bit more clarity, too, with the Aaron Rodgers situation by the time we get around to this, because... I think it's very clear what's going to happen now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, does he even play? That's that's the big question. Right? I, I think he's out. I think he. I think he's personally done with the Packers. But as a resolve, uh, uh, we may not see Aaron Rodgers, which would make my picks in my parlay amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All about those parlays, eh? You know, you gotta risk a little to get some, right? Parlay vu. Um, <laughs> Funny enough, we're talking about teams in Wisconsin. Let's dive right into the good stuff. NBA champions, the Milwaukee Bucks, baby. Zach, how did you feel uh, watching that game on Tuesday night? As someone who had the Suns in six, (laughs) honestly speaking, I I actually enjoyed it. I, I thought Milwaukee deserved it. What did I tell you? A couple of episodes back, I mean, I said I said the same thing to you as I was. I've been telling everybody else what I thought of the Milwaukee Bucks. I said it from from the get go. As, so, as soon as they beat the Nets, that was it. Like that, that's a huge turning point. I think it put them over the edge. The only thing I didn't have, I, I didn't take into consideration, was a healthy Giannis. And clearly, I don't know if he was healthy, but he was healthy enough to at least get them the championship. So. Props to him, man. He was fantastic. I think it might be single-handedly one of the best performances I've seen in a series clinching game. An astounding performance. You're absolutely right. I'm going to try really hard to just give them their flowers and not be angry because, like, what? Look, we all know how I feel about the Bucks, but I've got nothing to say about this. Giannis on the hyperextended knee put gave him a fifty-piece. Clearly wanted it more. The whole. Game six was entertaining as a whole. I'm not going to lie. I was impressed by the performance. I'm saddened by the fact that the Phoenix Suns couldn't get more, a little bit more of their luck on their side. I don't know if you watched that first quarter, but like a lot of shots rimmed out, just didn't get a friendly bounce. And 
you know, like not for nothing, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, right? So when they came back in that second quarter, and I believe they went on a 23 to 7 run, you know, they it was it was highly entertaining. But congrats to the Milwaukee Bucks. Congrats to Giannis. Giannis by the age of 26 has a hell of an accomplished career. And I'm gonna say this too. That's not the that's not his only championship. He'll win another one. I'm pretty confident of that. I don't know if it will be in Milwaukee, but I I would not be shocked if he gets another one. Look, at the end of the day, say what you want, but you don't need a super team to win. And I think this is something that needs to be taken more advantage of in the NBA. You don't need to attract these big superstars because you end up losing depth. You end up losing key pieces that could help you out. And clearly key pieces that Milwaukee had ended up, you know, the depth ended up putting them over the edge and over the hump just to get that championship. Look at that bench that they had. Their, their bench was fantastic. They had guys coming off. I mean, I'm talking each series. Somebody else was contributing. I mean, Holiday and, and Middleton aren't the fanciest of names and aren't the flashiest guys, but they're just solid workhorse type of players that seem to have just bought into a system. It Honestly, when I, when I look at this team, I really do see a lot of parallels between them and the Raptors from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Quick question for you. Yeah. What do Chris Paul, Clint Capella, James Harden, and Trevor Ariza all have in common with they've, PJ Tucker? They've all lost to PJ Tucker on his on his road to coming here. There it is, guys. Former <laughs> teammates once upon a time all <laughs> demolished for PJ Tucker's first championship. I would have not put money in PJ Tucker being the first member of that team to get a ring, nope. uh, especially from his lack of offensive contribution, but he does what he has to do. And, you know, it's just another thing. Shout out to, I guess, the NBA sneakerhead King. Yes, absolutely. Look, you know, I was just talking about depth. PJ Tucker was fantastic. I mean, sure. He may have not have put up the points, but he did a lot of good things on the defensive side of the ball. The team is very good defensively. Let's, They're let's, a very well-rounded team over, yeah. overall. And I thought they did a great job. Bobby Porter, uh, sorry, Bobby yes. Porter, excuse me, uh, included. I thought he did a great job uh, defending, the, uh, defending the perimeters against the Suns, forcing them to take, sorry, tough shots from the three-point um, line. Booker, Paul, it, it was very rare that they ended up getting too many open looks. That helps, man. And then this just comes down to rebounding and Giannis, you know, Brooke Lopez, PJ Tucker, these guys came came away with some important boards. I don't know. I I just thought this team was so well-rounded and um, I'm a little disappointed in myself for not giving them enough credit, but. I think we picked them to lose every round of the playoffs. I did. I did. I did not. I'm going to go on record on that. I had them beating Atlanta. Um, but no, I had, I had them out in the first round. They exceeded my expectations. Miami vastly underperformed, which I could probably say now, no, they just ran into the best team in basketball. And mm-hmm. The best team in basketball shut them down. It was probably the best scenario, best case scenario for Milwaukee. I mean, you talk about facing a team that beat you last year. You knew that they would be coming out strong. 
you knew you had to be battle tested and ready from round one on come out there, put on a masterclass performance in that round goes into the next round. Okay. Yes. You were maybe what one shoe size away from going home, but that's what happens in the playoffs. I mean, breaks, sometimes you get the good breaks. Sometimes you get the bad breaks and clearly they got the, the good break on that, on that end. Fast forward round three, banged up Giannis. It doesn't matter. Middleton, uh, Middleton plays out of his mind. Holiday too. Giannis does just enough to get himself healthy and and at, at least contribute in some in certain ways. It was a hell of a run, and I'm happy for Milwaukee. Honestly, I'm happy for the city. They deserve it. Party it up, boys. You know, feel the energy because I mean I don't know if this is going to come around too often, but. I'll tell you one thing, as long as you guys have Giannis, there's always a chance. That's, that's the way I look at it now. Speaking of Giannis, I'm just going to recap his um, accomplishments to date. And remember, Giannis is only 26 years old, so he's been playing in the league for about seven years. Right? I believe that's the number. Yep. So, first of all, most improved player. He's won that. He's been four times all-defensive. He's been a five-time all-NBA first-time defensive player of the year. He's been a five-time NBA All-Star, one time winning the MVP. Mm-hmm. He's a two-time regular season MVP. He's a finals MVP. And most importantly, he's an NBA champion now. He was averaging 35 points per game in the, the NBA Finals Championship. That's... Dude, he went 40, 50, 30. Like, it didn't. <laughs> what... clearly, clearly a guy who just wants it, you know? And that's why, like, the... My favorite moment that I'm going to remember from this playoff run was him just sitting on the chairs at the end and then after he won, just sitting there and taking it all in and just letting out tears of joy. Like, hey, I, I finally got over the hump and I, I finally won the big prize that people people knocked me, <clears throat> Chase. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh you, you, kept the, you kept the receipts. <laughs> yeah. For saying he'd never get it. Take note, Ben Simmons, similar type of player. Yeah, no jump shot either. Um. But hey, again, you build a team around that can shoot, makes up for it, right? So, respectively, though, there's a major difference between Giannis and Ben Simmons. And Absolutely. I'm, I'm not comparing. So, <laughs> it's, it's tough. Um, do you want to transition right now into the next – segment of what the future holds bringing up names like ben simmons before i get into that though i want to talk about the greatest moment of that celebration afterwards the press conference ah yes (laughs) yes I, i gotta talk about this so james harden once was quoted as saying i wish i could just run and dunk I got to learn how to actually play basketball and have skill when discussing about Giannis. When Giannis got up to the stage and said, I could have left and I could have joined a super team. Yeah. Who do you think he was taking a nice little shot at? Right there? <laughs> there's a, <laughs> well, there's a strong theory supporting that. I mean, it could also just be an observation of today's game. I think that was a direct a shot. Clear, a clear shot? Yeah, I think that was a shot at, at James Harden. Those comments have eluded 
Giannis for a long time. And I mean, we've seen him pass on Harden during the during the NBA All-Star game. <laughs> um Fair. Look, I, I, I think Giannis proved what I've been saying from the get-go. Uh, these super teams, as fun as they are for fans to watch, and, and trust me, I'm one of them because LA yes. try to do this. I'm still doing it too. Yeah, which I'm not a huge fan of. I still think you have to build with, from within and you have to build the right pieces around. You can't go out and, and sign these guys, these these vets to league minimums and expect to win championships. It doesn't work. Well, especially now it's because a lot of the vets that we're looking at are getting older in age respectively. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we look back, for example, at LeBron with the Cavaliers, that was a very old roster with a lot of very big notable names. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a small example of why it will not work because the only thing that's constant for NBA players really is time. Exactly. While we're giving flowers out, Coach Buck, great job from him. I think for, for somebody who is speculated to be on the hot seat at the end of this, depending on how the playoffs go, uh, yeah, congrats, Coach Buck. You think he's staying? Yeah, I think he's staying. I think <laughs> I, I think that, I think that I think um, Tuesday night solidified that choice. Uh, good for him. I, I think he deserves it. He's he's worked his ass off to. He's worked his ass off to exceed those expectations. Finally paid off for him. I think you could see it in his face. Also, classy gesture from Monty Williams too, right? Very. I love. I look. I'm. I'm a very big Monty Williams fan. Uh, if you know anything about Monty Williams, you probably know. Outside of basketball, his personal life hasn't been the easiest for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, great way for him last season to. A shame, obviously, just missing the bubble last year, uh, even though they went on an 8-0 run in the Dome. And then to come back this season, win the West, I'm, I'm excited to see what the future holds for the Phoenix Suns and Monty Williams going forward. Right. So talking about futures, let's go right into the let's go right into the Bucks future. What do you see? Do you think that this is a team that could potentially repeat as champions? Like, where do you see them right now? Because to me, I, I mean, the nucleus is, is still fair, fairly young. I, I think they may be able to add a couple of interesting pieces in the offseason, and they might be able to go make another run at this. They'll probably get one more score, uh, for sure. Uh, somebody who can create a shot in separation. Who that may be, I don't know exactly. I will go into the list of free agents right now, actually. Sorry. I don't think that they'll pursue Kawhi Leonard or Mike Conley. I could see them going after Kyle Lowry. Yeah. If they're looking for death behind Jay Rue Holiday, maybe Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. And my last pick for creating, you know, a shooter in space would probably be JJ Redick. So have him and Pat Covington together on the floor would be nice movement for, uh, and very, very good contributors on and off the court. So, yeah, that's what I think that they'll do. Or, last but not least, Spencer Dinwiddie. He could be a really interesting ad. I'm looking at their contracts right now. I mean, they don't have anything notably coming off the books. They have P.J. Tucker, who's coming off at $7 million, 7.9, actually, to be precise. Spencer Hawes, 
um, Giannis's brother, which I doubt. Giannis. Yeah, I doubt he's. I doubt he's going anywhere. <laughs> Not for the next two weeks, at least. <laughs> uh, Jeff Teague is going. Is off the board. Yeah. By the way, I, I love that moment with Giannis though when he called his brother and was like, I'm coming to the hotel room. Fuck that. I'm coming to the hotel room. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. One thing to keep an eye on, Bobby Portis has a player option, but I don't see him. Well, maybe he opts out if he wants to chase the bag, but would you really want to opt out right now? I mean, this team, it's going to be fairly intact from the run they just had, minus maybe P.J. Tucker. Do you go for another championship and then cash in free agency the next year? I, I have a I have a suggestion for the Bucks, and I think I finally found the answer. And I think this can work out well for them if you can resign PJ Tucker at a smaller contract, and mm-hmm. if you can scoop up Norman Powell. That'd be if somebody him and uh, Divincenzo would be a great exactly off the bench exactly. So it's just about adding depth. I don't really doubt that the um, that the Bucks don't. I want to say they at least make it to the Eastern semis next year. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to see obviously what happens with free agency first before I give a sol- solid pick. But if I'm just looking at the roster right now, as it is, I can still see them making a very strong playoff push once again. For sure. Switching sides, the team that lost, I think Devin Booker said the best. I mean, they caught it on camera. Damn. Damn. That's- Damn, like you guys just ran into a hot Giannis at the wrong time. I feel for D book, man. What went wrong? Um, So sometimes, you know how they say uh, right place, right time, like luck is on your side. So I think they ran out of luck. Like I said, just in watching the first quarter of game six, um, it's not that their shots were off target. They just weren't falling. Um. I think that the mismatch of defensively of Jay Rue Holiday picking up Devin Booker took eliminated a lot of him out of that game, especially mm-hmm. from the two games before where we watched him just scorch and combine for 80, 83 points. With that, it's just the contributing from the supporting role. Chris Paul was not on. He was far and in between in the finals. Um, blame that on age or if you want maybe just the length of the run because Chris Paul never played a full season to this length right so yeah there's, it's I don't know if it's so much what went wrong from it's just like what didn't fall right yeah good observation just because everybody contributed as they could even people who want to cook Devin Booker for his last game uh, I don't because once again when I put up 43 and 40 and we still lose what are you going to say about me now that i'm going to be less aggressive because right so i just think that the phoenix suns have to be patient i think they actually now because we know chris paul's opting out from and declining his 44.6 million dollar option they need to establish somebody like chris paul if not chris paul again back at the helm to help assist in that run while also develop while also drafting a younger point guard to help develop, be developed by Chris Paul for however long he can remain in the league. Looking at the team stats for the series, the one stat that kind of just jumps out was rebounding. Mm-hmm. I mean, Milwaukee out-rebounded them by almost seven. 
in the whole series, which is surprising because I thought Aiden would feast a lot more than he did, which I'm not saying he didn't. I mean, he was still averaging 12 rebounds per game, but I thought the supporting cast of him, Crowder, would make more of an impact on the boards, and clearly it was the opposite way. Uh, side note, I mean, losing losing Dario was huge mm-hmm. for them. Absolutely. They took away a scorer, a guy who can distribute the ball, plays plays the minutes that they kind of need, especially when guys like Paul or Booker aren't going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they just ran into a hot team, that said. Uh, I don't see anything that they really did wrong as more – Milwaukee did everything right in this sense. So we'll oh, the, the only thing that I will say, and this was relevant a little bit more in the last game, was their um, protection of the ball. Mm-hmm. I know – I think he, in the first quarter between the two teams, there was 10, and then all of a sudden Phoenix was at 12. Milwaukee went all the way up to 18, and that could be detrimental for Milwaukee if they don't also learn uh, ball security. But yeah. Phoenix needs to learn to, one, capitalize off of those opportunities and, two, to protect the ball themselves, which is the issue with, uh, as Chuck said during the broadcast, getting having the offense run through your shooting guard because now he's dictating a play. And... Yeah, and, and that's kind of actually where I want to go with it. There was a lot of turnovers at key moments of the game for the Suns that backfired. I mean, they, I think they were up by... I think they had closed the gap to six in the final stretch and then Booker turned the ball over Yeah, in the last game. And that, that made it eight and then, or eight or nine, I think it was eight at the time. And it seemed like all hope and confidence was lost right then and there. So that being said, you know, what does the future hold for the Phoenix Suns? Because I'm looking at this team right now Kamensky doesn't have a contract. Cameron Payne doesn't have a contract next season. Galloway doesn't have a contract. And then obviously, I guess the elephant in the room is Chris Paul has a player option. That he's already declined. That I, he is declining. That's been that's been right. almost confirmed. Right. Um, so as I've said, like they're most likely going to put a strong effort into bringing Chris Paul back. I think Monty Williams needs him as that headpiece right now. Mm-hmm. They are going to have to add those many, many good pieces. So look for them to pursue a lot of depthy secondary players. As I go into my list really quick, I can see them trying to add a Alex Burks, Avery Bradley, Alex Caruso. Yeah, that's another, another one. Another one. Um, I think Caruso is going to seek out more money i think like i know like the Cavs have a lot of interest in him and i think the Cavs might shell out some money for him here's an interesting name that could go to the phoenix suns what about carmelo if you bring both cp and carmelo together with devin booker that would help them in terms of scoring off the bench too i mean it makes a little bit more sense i don't know what carmelo wants to do though I don't know if he's going to go ring, ring chasing. I think it's time he does. <laughs> no, I, I think he is, but I think – I don't know if he's going to join a – I don't know if he's going to join a super team, though, or not. One last player I could see for the Phoenix Suns is Reggie Jackson. 
That makes sense too. If I'm a free agent this year, I mean, I think the Suns have now become one of, one of those viable options, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you kind of want to. If the Suns call, you kind of want to take take that call and and at least listen to what they have to offer because clearly this team now has a little bit more of a, a playoff pedigree, I would say, and they've kind of established themselves as not just an up and coming team, but actually like a contender in the Western Conference. Losing Chris Paul though would definitely hurt. That's an I understatement. I do know this. There was a certain someone who went to those games. Uh oh. Listen, hold on, hold on, hold on, Zach. Zach, Zach, Zach. We're gonna pop that bubble right now, Zach. We know exactly why he was at those games. It has nothing to do with Chris Paul, even though he said it. That's the PR answer. But LeBron James was there because it was to promote Space Jam. We, we know that, Zach. Come on now. Don't, don't do that. Don't do always, that. <laughs> there's always a side story. The, the, NBA, I, I already stopped, the NBA already stopped you once. <laughs> he gets a paper, okay? I'm telling you, he gets a paper, a list of all the free agents that are up at the end of the year and that are up the next, the following year. And he knows to become a lot more friendly with those players until they sign a contract. And once they sign a contract, they're dead to them. That's it. So he just rolled up in the middle of the (laughs) game five. Just saying. (laughs) Yo, you got a minute? Yo, just call a timeout. Come talk. (laughs) You know, maybe he, you know, it could be one of those, hey, you know, things didn't go your way. Ron went for space Cut jabs. <laughs> That's why he wasn't at game six either. Come to LA. Maybe uh, maybe things do go your way. I don't know. I'm just saying a lot of speculation for Chris Paul. Uh, he'll be a hot commodity no matter where he goes. I think I think a lot of young teams too are going to take a look at him. You know, like Atlanta. Yeah. I might, I might circle around here. That would be a really small – Philly would be great, but I don't think Philly will. I don't think it'll be Philly. I just, I have a feeling it won't. Again, I'm I'm not too sure. I mean, I'm just throwing names out here. The Clippers also make some sense too, if he wants to link back up. But I still think the best location for him is to remain with the Suns. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, well, like, I, I like the feel good story, so I don't mind that. Chris Paul stays with Monty Williams. I hope this isn't isn't the last time we get to see him in an NBA Finals. That would have been great, though, to, you know, I know I've pointed this out before. I just don't know if we've released those episodes, but Chris Paul getting to beat both the Lakers, who he was a member of for three minutes, and the Clippers on the way to his first Finals. I, I just think that would have been a really, really great, Way to close that out. I'll throw another team in there. What about Dallas? For Chris Paul, I actually, I don't like it. I think Luca is too on-ball dominant, and they allow him to dictate the pace of the game more than they would allow Chris Paul. And I feel like that would be the Houston Rockets all over again, watching Chris Paul and James Harden in the backcourt. There's also some rumors, too, that the Pelicans were thinking about maybe making them an offer as well. I saw that for them. I saw that they were also interested in Kyle Lowry. Yes, I actually want to go there, too. 
As let's I, let's uh, just go. Let's just go. That's where I'm going on this let's one. Let's just go. So, rumor has it that Kyle Lowry is on the Pelicans' radar. I just don't know if the Pelicans are on Kyle Lowry's radar. <laughs> I think there's a lot better spots that Lowry could end up versus the Pelicans. I mean, he could go. He can go to Philly. He can go to Miami. Philly would make sense. Hometown kid. Miami yeah. would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, both LA teams too make a lot more sense. Yep. Going to the Pelicans. I don't. I think there's too much uncertainty with what's going on in, in New Orleans. I don't think players are comfortable signing there if they don't know if Zion's even going to be there in the next two years. And that's our crossroads right there because I'm going to come to a franchise. Yeah, you might be able to pay me, but we don't know what you're doing with your biggest offensive staple. Right, exactly. Another team, too, that I think should be in the running for both Paul and for um, Lowry. Kyle Lowry is the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Paul to New York would be crazy, just in general. For I, If we've seen what the development of Devin Booker is with Chris Paul, what's it going to be like for year three for R.J. Barrett? Like, it's... Yeah, 100%. RJ, I mean, Randall too, right? As yep. well. I could yep. help him out. But the, uh, only thing, yep. the only thing that I think the Knicks would have to address is probably their center position because we know how much Chris Paul loves to run that pick and roll. So uh, that would probably be the thing to watch if they are to push for Chris Paul. For sure. Speaking of Pelican players, a lot of Alonzo talk going on right now too. Looks like Lonzo Ball might be headed back to L.A. Uh, Clippers and Lakers have both been circling, and I think they might be a little bit more interested in in signing him than led to believe at the beginning of the the season. But there's another team that's kind of been out there who I've heard a lot more noise for, and that's the Chicago Bulls. What do you think about Alonzo, Zach Levine, and uh, Vucevic? Before we fast forward to that, I would just like to say that if if it is the Lakers, LeBron's going to treat Lonzo like LaMelo and put him into Lithuania for a year. Um, <laughs> but besides that, I I would I wouldn't mind it, but I don't know if that would be culture changing adding Lonzo to the Chicago Bulls. Um, I think that they need a shift in their culture from from the top. Because as Pusha T once said, mm-hmm. the, the great philosopher Pusha T, the Bulls' legacy is all Michaels. And he's not wrong right there. I mean, that team lives and breeds MJ. And then after that, dot, 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 right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Der- Derek Rose, but Derek Rose didn't do it like that. It's like but a lot of asterisks. I, I, know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Res- respectively. <laughs> yeah, no, it's respective. But unfortunately, it was just such a short time. It's a short era, we'll say, in the Bulls' history. I'm not a huge fan of Lonzo. We've talked about this. I think he's a good point guard. I just don't think he's a guy that I would pencil in as being a huge difference maker. Albeit, he has gotten better on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know if this pushes the needle for a team. That's that's a fair assessment. I mean... We, I don't know if we've actually seen those ceiling of Lonzo, but if we've seen close to it, 
I mean, how much do you really want to put into him at that position? Is he a role player? Is he going to come off the bench? Just from a consistency standpoint, pardon me. And what does it bring for that locker room? Because once again, the biggest thing with when you're getting one of the Ball Brothers is you're getting LeVar too. That's true too. And let's also not tiptoe around the fact the reason why he's available is because he's he, he's a restricted free agent. He's not even unrestricted. He's restricted, meaning that the Pelicans have already told him that if he gets a lucrative offer, which might, might actually yeah yeah it might actually happen, they're not willing to match it. Right. That should be a flag if one of your players is going to get an offer and you don't even bat an eye to match it. That's it's a little little bit of a head scratcher well i'm i'm gonna throw a wrench in there because what if lonzo's like well i don't know what's happening with zion so why would i want to stay here true but i I think there's been a lot of friction since since he's been uh, here (laughs) yeah well not even since he since he was been there i think there's a lot of friction that he was going to be number two and then brandon ingram has kind of emerged into that one two in uh in new orleans mm-hmm. plus i know they picked i think they did end up picking a guard the following year in the draft if i'm not mistaken i believe so which i think that also upset him a little bit one place i don't want lonzo to go and that's new york i think that would create such a big sideshow if he went there between him and his dad I don't know. Just, I think they'd be perfect for the New York market, actually, from a marketing perspective. Oh, absolutely. Not, not from a basketball influence on your team, but from a marketing perspective, I think they'd be wonderful there. Well, like, I think Dolan would love that, right? More people talking about his team. How, how long into that hypothetical situation would it take for LeVar and Dolan to exchange words and then Dolan to be, uh, for LeVar to be kicked out of the MSG? Uh, he probably will be banned from the arena by game like 10. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, okay, last little speculation on the rumor mill here. Apparently, Dame has not requested a trade, but still hasn't commented about his future. Okay, how about this? Do you think it's more of a, hey, I'm not asking for a trade, but if there's an opportunity that presents itself, I'm willing to leave? Or do you expect him to be back with the Blazers next season. I expect I more so expect Dame to be back with the Blazers. Mm-hmm. I also think that this may be influenced by exactly what happens around Norman Powell and how the rest of those free agents that are on that roster that now are looking maybe looking elsewhere. I think if they don't resign some of those key pieces, I think Dame will say that's it. I'm out and either pull an Aaron Rodgers and respectfully on the legal side of things of Deshaun Watson. So you think he pulls a Harden? Yeah, actually, yeah. I think he puts on <laughs> 25 pounds and then he looks like, and then it's just like, oh, he was wearing a fat suit. And look at him, he's back in shape. <laughs> the funny part about that too is even if you put on 20 pounds, I could just see him being super lazy, getting over half and like just shooting for three and, he probably still averaged 16 to 18 points per game. Probably. <laughs> never even touches, never even touches inside the perimeter. <laughs> Just uh, get me over the line. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm still a little bit bullish on this. I 
I do think if he returns to the Blazers, I don't see CJ McCollum being there. I could see CJ being moved for another piece. Yeah, if he comes back at, I don't see those two together. I think it's going to be one or the other, or both. In my mind, I'd say 70% chance that he comes back next year and then like a 30% chance that he's gone. Offers might be too sweet to pass up to, right? Like there might be some major offers. I have heard that there's been a report, I don't know if it's 100% accurate, but Dame has a lot of interest in going to New York. I've, I've heard that too. I know he has a lot of... Uh... Very big industry friends that live in New York. So let's just say that. Right. And I mean, if you can couple him with another star, sure. I would I would imagine though you'd have to give RJ up though. But and that's that's the other thing. I would much rather see Dame and RJ together than probably Dame and CJ, respectively. Not to shit on CJ McCullum, but the height tandem and I think RJ is a better complimentary piece than CJ McCollum. Once again, no disrespect to CJ McCollum. Um, I just, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen the top of what they can do together. And if we have seen the top of it, clearly it's not enough. For sure. So we'll see what happens there. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks now in the NBA. I think the drafts, you're just going to start hearing some more rumors going around. Obviously, I don't know where... I don't know where Indiana stands with Brogdon. I know they offered him in a trade for Ben Simmons, but was that just because they were getting Ben Simmons or do they have other intentions? He's a guy though, that I would definitely, I definitely think should be on the radar for a lot of teams. What are they going to do with Sabonis too? That should be up there. Obviously the Minnesota situation, I can't see Towns and uh, DeAndre Russell. Yeah, I can't see them both back there. There's got to be some movement on that side. Plus, you know, nobody's talking about the Raptors who have a special announcement tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah, there was a promotion that was going around since last week of a key spinning. And a lot of speculation is that could be maybe a certain somebody's contract negotiation. Maybe Uh. there's... Maybe Masai has actually signed that deal. I don't know. This is just speculation on my part, but uh, definitely something big happening for the Raptors. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what's going what's gonna to transpire from there. What if that's the Raptors' way of signaling that certified lover boy is coming out tomorrow? <laughs> They've actually partnered up with Drake. 100% right now, they were pissed about that date that yeah. he had at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Like, oh come on, man. Like just you should have had it the at the uh Rogers Center. <laughs> we could have put the dome down. It would have been perfect. That's but that's not LA. <laughs> and he had to go see Shorty in LA because she had to go see her son play basketball. How much flack do you think he's taking right now from his teammates? That the hottest artist in the world might be like smashing his mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, hey, great stepdad, if you think about it. You think their relationship's going to go that far? (laughs) I just like how all the posts were. I love how all the posts seem, everybody seemed to think that, like, oh, Drake's helping this kid out. I don't think it's that. I think Drake's helping himself out. Yeah, Drake's definitely helping himself out. Um, 
That kid's babysitting freaking adults. I, I, I actually don't know if that kid's getting that much slack because he, in return, gets to hang out with Drake. <laughs> Talk about at least having a lot of resources around you, though. <laughs> a lot of connections to a lot of the right people for you, man. You... Especially in the basketball world. Yeah. Uh, plot twist. What if he gets drafted by the Raptors and he... he's the prodigal <laughs> son? <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like, wait, let me finish. But uh, things go south. The mom, do you think the Raptors take him? Or? I think he's still the prodigal son. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly what I think. Oh, uh, I think it's time to dive into some serious notes. All right. On the, on the NFL side, Richard Sherman. Yeah. Do you want to fill in the listeners on the whole Richard Sherman fiasco? For sure. And listeners also, just before we go into this, this is also a great moment to learn a lot of things about the law and not things that are just broadcasted in headlines. So the initial report of uh, Richard Sherman being arrested is, first it was a hit and run, I believe. Right. And then it backtracked into there was an argument and domestic violence and damage to property. So Richard Sherman had um, become a little intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what he was going through in his mental space, space, respectively, as we talk about this, because he was sending messages of suicide. I say that not to be insensitive to people who have dealt with that but just to recount the facts he was texting teammates and people that he was going to kill himself and then the 911 audio call came out but before we touch upon that i also want to touch upon the fact that um the video was released of him outside of his uncle's house and this is where the damage to property came, where he was banging and smashing on the door, telling people to come outside, saying, you're not so tough behind that door. And then the 911 call came out. And first of all, prayers for Richard's wife, because I don't think that operator realized the full emphasis of what was going on. And two, when like this, this recording probably should not have been released <laughs> Richard's wife called in saying, no, he's drunk. He's fighting. He, she didn't disclose who he was at first. So she's like, my husband's violent. And, you know, and this is where the domestic charge comes in because he did not physically hit his wife. No. So it's very important to clear that up as well. It was just the fact that he was wrestling with the uncle. She said, he's drunk. He's trying to fight people. Also, uh, and while the officer was like, I need the address to where you're coming, she's like, listen, like explaining the situation and basically getting cut off in the middle of it and being told, like, just calm down while her husband's obviously not all the way there. Yeah. And finally, the wife disclosed that it was Richard Sherman because she was afraid that, well, she was also informed that if she had notified the police that he would fight them. And the last thing you want to see in this, especially today, is that headline of Richard Sherman shot dead by police. For sure. That's definitely a sensitive um, topic right now. 
and just because I think people need to realize I guess people need to realize kind of what Sherman's been going through, right? Like he's also, he's a player who, albeit was a very dominant player. He's kind of on the outs in terms of the NFL Mm -hmm. there. I don't know if people are lining up at his door to get him um, and bring him in. Well, I mean, the rumors have speculated there's been a few teams. So there's been, uh, yeah. New Orleans, the Saints, uh, yeah, New Orleans Saints, sorry, the Rams, oh, no, pardon me, the Niners and the Seahawks have apparently been all the teams around his name. Again, though, as far as I'm concerned, if there was anything really serious, I think he would have been signed by now. Fair. I know people may say, like, okay, well, this is just a player who is buying his time, waiting for the right opportunity, but I don't see it like that. I know how... I. I've listened to interviews with with Richard Sherman, and he doesn't strike me as that type of guy. He, he kind of strikes me more of as a person who he likes to know exactly which team he's on, where he's going, what's his role. Like he's he's a lot more elaborate on that. And honestly, like it just kind of bums me out to, to see this happen to him because For sure. I've listened to him multiple times on different podcasts and he seems like a very intellectual person and I, I'm, I'm not taking that away from him, but I also wonder how much does CTE play a factor? In I, I, I don't want to go there because I don't want to diminish the seriousness of how this could be. And I'm, we're seeing that a lot. So it's either rationalizing the scale of right. that the issues he may be facing that are non CTE related while also we're putting that label of CTE on everything that kind of like desensitizes it. But at the same time, too, we can't rule it out either. This no, is you're right. This is something. Again, this is all just. I'm speculating too, right? I'm. I don't know for certain, and you know what? You won't know for certain until, unfortunately, he does. Like he, somebody actually analyzes his brain. So, mm-hmm. but what I do want to, you know, maybe mention here is get on the Niners for, at least saying that they're going to try to help him and try to work with him here. Cause clearly there's definitely some issues that need to be addressed. And clearly he's, he's not in the right, the right frame of mind. It doesn't just by the way, this recording and the feeling I received, well, I, I'm sorry, the feeling that I got from the phone call between the operator and his wife, mm-hmm. it kind of felt like this wasn't the first time that he's, been in this situation been feeling like this no i'm not saying oh, maybe okay yeah yeah all right, all right. i've just been feeling like this right like this it, it seems like this may be something that he's been struggling with for a while this feeling of you know depression or just things aren't going right right now in his life and i, I want to also stress that you know these people i know they're athletes but they're they're still human beings and even if you give them all this money in the world, sometimes that's even, that's even a detriment that even hurts the person. person. So, like I said, it's a very, it's a touchy subject, but I think it's something that needs to be addressed. And honestly, I hope he comes back and he's, I I hope he comes back and he plays again. I really do. But at the same time too, if it's better for his mental health to stay away from the game, stay away from the game. 
Um, I'm, I'm going to be right there with you. Uh, prayers for him and his family. I hope everybody is okay. Let's also not forget to, uh, sorry to cut you off, but let's just not, not forget too. I mean, imagine each year you have a routine, right? You have your, your season routine and then your off season routine. Imagine throwing this wrench into it every, like in the last couple of years where you just don't know what you're going to be doing. I mean, mm-hmm. Colin Coward was trying to get him. I think it was Colin Coward who was trying to get him. Oh no, it was, no, it wasn't. I think or was it was Collinsworth, maybe. Chris Collinsworth, sorry, was trying to get him to become uh, to start a podcast with them. He was trying to get him into the radio business. Uh, they have a podcast together, though. They do PFF. That's it. That's it. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. So, I mean, he's been trying to transl- like transition him out of the game. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, that's a lot tougher than people realize. I mean, imagine, you know, you get up, you train, you go to practice, you come back to eat, sleep, breathe football for the longest time, all of a sudden that's taken away from you. Definitely. It definitely creates a lot of, um, I guess, friction in, in your, in your routine and into your lifestyle. And, and not for nothing. And a lot of people don't realize this, but like you, you, and I understand this a little bit more being on the other side, being on the other side, like podcasting mm-hmm. is an effort. You, it's not just, we just for show sure. up and talk. We have to have, a, a plan structure things that we have to meet about things and try to coordinate mm-hmm. we're not even into the editing part of things that's like the most consuming yet so for sure you're adding another bigger piece and sometimes i don't know about you zach but talking takes energy <laughs> absolutely and i mean especially for a guy who probably has to discuss the same subjects over and over and over again too right like he might be appearing on his podcast but then he might be a guest on somebody else's mm-hmm. there's I'm sure his whole life really kind of revolves around football. And when there's a lot of uncertainty of what is your next step, it might be just scary and it, it, it might affect, it might affect other parts in his life. Now, again, am I speculating? Yes. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something that's deeply rooted to more of his, what's going on in his family life, but these added pressures definitely don't help him. You're absolutely correct. Um, what let's, let's make this, um, a little bit more beneficial long-term for Richard, for example, what team do you think could benefit from his services the most? Personally, I think familiarity is still the best for him. Going back to the Niners or Seattle, I think benefits him the most because these are places that he's been to, but he knows how everything is run. Um, they're not going to fuck around with him in a sense either. I like those two teams. I, I just don't think, I don't think him going to Tennessee or him going to Indianapolis yeah. or him going to Tampa right now, just to chase a ring. I don't think that's, it's not the best move for him. I don't think it's the best move. I think he needs to go to a place where he has a little bit more familiarity with the, with the organization. So that's where I would place him. But again, I don't even know if right now he's, he should be playing football. No, no, no. I wasn't. I wasn't trying no, to say that. I, I know that, but I'm just I saying just to like, see where yeah. you would see him fitting in more so. For sure, and that that's kind of like where I would see. What about you? Um, I'm with you, but I'm with you on specifically the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I was discussing this, like I said at the beginning of our show, with Atlanta Falcons <laughs> insider. Yeah. Um, shout out to Ice. And I can't name you a starting corner right now in the Seattle Seahawks. 
No, neither can I. So, so that's where I start with them. I also, yeah, no, uh, Seahawks, Niners make sense. I wouldn't mind him in the Saints, but I don't know how he would necessarily benefit them with Lattimore playing the way that he does. Yeah, no. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I mean, I would imagine that the Niners are probably the leading candidate, especially if they're going to try to help them out. Mm-hmm. Um, makes, also, makes perfect sense. And they'll be the best judge, too. Back to the corners, though, just because it's going to bother me for, Seat- for Seattle, you're looking at Flowers and uh, Witherspoon. Yeah, it's not the most notable. They're not the most notable names. Trey Brown, too. The rookie is also there. You said they're on the Niners? I forgot about Akil Witherspoon. No, not on the Niners, on Seattle. Sorry. Yes, that's who it was. Uh, Akil Witherspoon. I forgot they signed him. Yeah, and Trey Flowers. Plus, yeah. they also have uh, Jordan Brooks in the slot. So, yeah, probably a, a fairly young cornerback group. So, maybe a little bit of a veteran leadership presence would help them. Speaking of Niners, somebody got paid. Oh, someone got a bag. Let me just get the numbers up real quick. I do have them oh, right I got, here. I got Fred them. Warner. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Fred Warner has reached an agreement on a five-year contract extension worth more than 95, you heard me, $95 million with $40.5 million in guarantees. Congrats to Fred Warner, man. Get that bag. That's great for the entire linebacker position because that's we, – we like to talk about football. We know there's a lot of under – um paid positions underappreciated positions that's a much better way to play say that <laughs> <laughs> and interior linebacker just happens to be one of them so to see fred warner that means great things possibly coming for bobby wagner and yeah, yeah. Uh, you you say the name you let him know about your boy uh, i'll say this the first person who uh commented on this mm-hmm. said congratulations my guy Darius Leonard, because the reports are Darius Leonard is expected to sign a four-year deal worth north of $19 million per year. There it is, man. They're opening it up for everybody. As per Shefty, I think the world of Darius Leonard, I think he's their whole defense. He's the glue that that pulls them together, in a sense. Um, Very influential influential, uh player on both sides of the ball for your locker room yeah absolutely steady freddy uh in in san fran i know has a huge impact as well like you said i think it's about time that linebackers get their recognition and and get paid as one of the higher positions uh in the league look at if you look at teams that have been successful and have won championships Linebacker position has always been a key to that, specifically young younger guys too, right? Like guys That's, who are how, how quick people forget how much of an influence Dante Hightower has been throughout the two thousands. Well, for sure. I mean, you had Hightower. I mean, go back to the the Packer days of Hawk and, and Matthews too, right? Like mm-hmm. they're very important positions that definitely can make or break your defense. Because don't forget, these guys aren't just playing the run; they're playing the pass as well, right? Correct. And the league has transitioned more and more to utilizing tight ends. Well, guess who has to cover these tight ends? These linebackers. That's man. right. <laughs> so, 
like I said, props to these guys for getting paid, especially well, Warner right now. And I'm like I said, I'm I'm certain that Darius Leonard should be following up pretty soon. It's go time, baby. You're about to see some guys get paid, and that just means that the NFL season's around the corner. That's right, man. Uh, contracts are going to start to roll out. Rumors are circulating everywhere now. Speaking of rumors, Zach Ertz, what's going on with him? Okay. So, Eagles fans, prepare yourself for this. We are not getting $8 million in cap space. We're going to take a $12 million cap hit. But in return, Zach Ertz is expected to be there at the start of training camp next week and on the field for week one. Hurts to Ertz. Hurts to Ertz, man. So, one, clearly the Philadelphia Eagles felt whatever trade value they were getting for Zach Ertz wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. What that actually means, though, is you're not going to get anything for him, and he's going to get to choose his dex- destination next year, all while you get to plan for uh, Dallas Goddard's contract extension next year. So, before we go into your bias on this one, yes, I want to throw out my views on this. Okay. I think they were – I don't think they were actively shopping Ertz. Okay. That's my opinion. I think they fielded some calls, and they tried to make a football deal. They tried to find a deal that would benefit them, but also help – I guess help Ertz out. Where I think people forget about is Dallas Goddard – had a tough year last year and there's no guarantee that that guy is going to be a starting tight end going forward. I like Goddard. Don't get me wrong. I think he's, I think he is going to be one of the better tight ends in the league eventually, but there's still a lot of uncertainty. There is an injury history there. Philly has had a lot of, uh, has had a lot of success running two tight ends with the way Hertz plays, it makes more sense to keep Ertz than it does to get rid of him. Who are you guys going to replace him with? So I'm going to get into my bias right now <laughs> because there's been a couple moves this offseason that signaled that this would be the end of Ertz. So first okay. of all, they re-signed my favorite nickname of all, probably Dick Rod. <laughs> they brought back Richard Rodgers. Right. One-year deal, uh, he would have been obviously more of a blocking tight end. So if you keep running those two tight end sets, also very important to remember, last year, due to the injuries of Zach Ertz and uh, Dallas Goddard, Richard Rodgers was the leading tight end in receptions. And at one point, probably okay. leading in, rece- in receptions for the team. Right. Um, also, they signed undrafted free agent Jack Stahl and okay. paid him the most amount of money to an undrafted uh, free agent. Okay. So with those two moves, I was kind of expecting that to actually be the signalization for the end of Ertz. Okay. And, and I understand that, but you're also talking about a small sample size, right? Sure. And, you're, and, and then an unknown. Sure. Uh, I did want to point out one thing though, to your Dallas Goddard thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, there is an injury history. Uh, 
but just as much as there is against Goddard, there is against Ertz. While Ertz True. was more serious, Goddard was soft tissue, and Goddard's biggest problem last year was consistency catching the ball. Not to say that he's not a, not almost going to be at that next year, mm-hmm. but there are those issues too. Right, and again, I just think that Hurts under center in the goal on a goal line position, having both Ertz and Goddard, Goddard. makes a lot more sense. It gives you guys a lot more. It gives you guys a lot more flexibility with the playbook. Mm-hmm. Sirianni ran a lot of two tight end specials in Indy. I yep. will say that too. So it didn't catch you by surprise that Ertz didn't get moved. We could kind of speculate too, is if Philly's having a tough year, that Ertz contract, leverage. there's leverage there. You can maybe get something decent. Maybe there's a maybe there's a tight end that goes down with an injury to one of these top teams. Ertz's contract, it's a one-year deal. You might get something good for him at the trade at the trade deadline. So he still holds value both with your organization and then moving him from your organization. So why not just keep the player? Why why give why get rid of them for the sake of getting rid of them? So two-part answer. I love it for the offense. Love it for Jalen Hurts. Know what that can mean. Uh, especially now with you know an actual X receiver and Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager still being on the field. I think they could stretch the field well. I think they can block well, and I think they will be a problem offensively. Now, where I differ from this is, number one, they still have there's still one member of their draft class left to sign. Mm-hmm. So they could use the cap space to do so. And two, and most importantly, the Eagles still need to address the second corner position much more than the tight end position. Right. And they need that cap space to be able to make a play. Okay. My counter argument to that though, maybe there is a guy who's on a rookie year contract that they well, feel might have the potential to be the second, second year corner out of that. Well, we've seen that movie too, a la Ronald Darby from Buffalo. Um, I believe it was preseason two weeks in, right? Yeah. And who knows? I mean, cuts are coming in camp. You guys might be able to find a second quarter that takes a league minimum just to stay relevant. Give them a chance. Them a chance. And like I said, if you guys fall out of the playoffs, you guys can flip them too, right? Yeah. Philly's a tough situation right now. I don't, I can't really get a clear read on what's going on over there. I don't know how team – sorry, I don't know how players view Philly right now. I don't know if they're viewing them as like a shit show, let's stay away, or are they still viewing them as – the Philadelphia Eagles, like they'll figure it out. And, you know, this, this team still has the right pieces to, albeit maybe not contend, but there's a chance that this team could make the playoffs. I'm not going to go too far into my reasons why, because I don't want to go into um, our predictions yet, but uh, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll get a little bit more in depth of what I think is going to happen with Sirianni, the whole coaching staff, and why I think people should be optimistic for Jared Ertz. For sure. And again, I'm a Hertz fan, so I can't, uh, I, I'm not going to put the guy down. I think I still think the world of him. On that note, catch your fade time. Catcher. Wait, before we get into catch your fade, Zach, yeah. I sent you a question 
uh, last week, I said this was for sure going to be a pod question. Oh, go for it. Zach, if you had the chance to play for any fictional sports team, which team would you play for? Who? Fictional team. I'm going with the Toon Squad, baby. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. I know you're a LeBron fan. <laughs> no, I said the Toon Squad. You're I'm going fan. MJ. I'm going. Okay, good. I'm going Space Jam. Good. I'm going the official first one. If Bill Murray can make an impact, I think I can do a decent <laughs> job too. Um, we're gonna have. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Team's gonna be. It's gonna. It's gonna be a tough situation. Both Bill and I don't play defense. <laughs> um, pardon my bias, but I think I think I'm gonna be more impactful than the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get to play with MJ, so that's also that also helps. I think I can really stretch the floor with Taz, though. I think I think Taz and I would have a tandem going off the bench. We're gonna be a little undersized, though. Tweety and I are definitely. Definitely going to be a little too small. <laughs> a really yeah. small backcourt. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the team I'm going with. What about you? Um, so mine's fictional but real. Uh, I'm going to go take my talents to join Jackie Moon and Coffee Black <laughs> <laughs> and, on the Flint Tropics <laughs> and beat uh, the shit out of the San Antonio Spurs and take our NBA spot. <laughs> Oh, there's a couple of teams though that I, I I debated right here. I decided to avoid every NFL, any football team. <laughs> uh, absolutely, I don't want to play for Al Pacino. I'll tell you, uh, that. I don't want to play for Al Pacino. I don't want to play in Varsity Blues, where I'm going to have to be constantly taking cortisone needles. I don't want no. to play in the longest yard because no, even I'm though I'm a trainer, to... Steve Austin will beat the shit out of me. I'm not uh, going to prison. <laughs> um, and there was one more football movie. Uh, oh yeah, Gridiron Gang. I'm just not gonna go to Juvie. <laughs> exactly. I'm not playing for. I'm not playing for the U.S. and Miracle. That's why I was <laughs> that one. Um, what was the? Uh, oh no, we said fictional, so that doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. Um, so okay, I'm not playing for. Oh, I could have played for the Ducks. You could have played for the Ducks. I could have played for the Mighty Ducks. No, but it, it's okay. I'm gonna stick with my Toon Squad. The only one that I could think of. The, there's only one other team. Tree Hill, Tree Hill might have been. Oh, have, that's a great one. That's Tree great Hill one. might have made it, but uh, now I'm, I'm sticking away. I'm going with the two squad. I, you know what? I think it could be a relaxed environment, and I, I think we could get it done on and off the court. This would have been a great time for me to bring out my Bel Air Academy jersey, but. <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, oh, well, we missed that one. Um, so, yeah, that was my question for you. Uh, catch, right, your catch your face. Catch your face. Uh, Colts New Unis. Thoughts on the Colts New Unis? Catch or fade? I think for that one matchup, it's going to be a catch. I think it can only be matched by the Bucks bringing out the creamsicle jerseys. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going with a catch on this one. I think they needed a little bit of uh, re-energizing to the jersey scheme. I, I like the color rush. Um, kind of hoping that we don't see just one game with these. I hope they kind of they end up bringing them back maybe next year. Buckner looks good in it, though. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I might, have to, I might have to snag myself one of those ones. There you go. Maybe a number two on the back. I don't know. We're going to wait. We're going to oh, wait. A big old Wednesday there, right? <laughs> you know, I was, thinking, I was talking about this with one of my friends who's a Colts fan. We had this discussion. You know, who would you buy 
like which jersey would you buy right now player wise and we both said we'd shy away from Wentz Taylor's tough because as much as I like him it's a running back like I've seen I've seen them come and go Pittman's up there but Again, I'd like to see him take that next step. So we both kind of said it's probably between Leonard or Big Big Makes Q sense. over there. Makes sense. Big Q's are always a safe bet, though, too. I know, but how many people are walking around with an O-lineman jersey? <laughs> That's okay. It's okay to be different, Zach. Come on, man. Yeah. You're missing the opportunity here. I love Q, too. So, yeah, it'd be awesome. What about for you, Eagles jersey? You going to wait it out or... I'm going to wait it out. I'm very, yeah. very close to just committing and buying both a Devontae Smith and a Jalen Hurts jersey because I'm believers in them both this season like that. Yeah, those are the, those are the two because I think those two represent the changing of like the tide of what is to come. Also, I like the number 26, so I wouldn't mind a Miles Sanders jersey. Mm, nice. Okay, here's going with the old school vintage. Oh, and the Kelly Green? Yeah. Yeah, have to. Have to. Have to. Have to. Have to. Have to. You should do that with the matching hat. Funny story. I uh, used to have an old Mitchell and Ness gray and Kelly green Eagles uh, snapback. Yeah. And when me and our Atlanta affiliate were roommates once upon a time, my hat was left by my television in my room with the door closed and we had a dog. Oh. And I came in, and just the corner of the brim was chewed. No, ouch! I shed tears over that that day. <laughs> Rest in peace, that hat. So, oh. so I, I don't put as much stock into hats anymore from that because I was like, these can be quickly taken away. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a Kelly Green bucket hat though. With that, there we go. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Would you get the the? Uh, oh, here's another catcher fade question. Did you see the uh, McGregor chain? Uh, the one of him being put to knocked out. Yes. Yeah. Okay, catcher fade. Kelly Green bucket hat with the jersey with the McGregor. Uh, with the McGregor chain. Yeah. <laughs> um, fade. I believe in karma. I am not wearing that chain. I don't want it nowhere <laughs> on my body. It is fine. I agree. I agree. <laughs> That's the that, universe that, telling you no. <laughs> yeah, that reeks of next next time Poirier is lying or Paul, Jake Paul is lying on the ground. I'm sure Connor's going to make a chain for that. Exactly. Okay, last one. Uh, Faith album. Pop Smoke. Yes. Catch or uh, fade? I'm going with Catch. I like the album. I didn't like it as much as his last album, but it still goes. And once again, we have another great Pop Smoke album for when you're in the gym looking for a good workout, guys. Yeah, this one's tough for me. I'm going to go fade on this one. Ooh. It bothers me. when didn't albums hit right? get released. No, it's just, no, it's not that. It's just albums bother me when they get released after the artist has passed. I just don't know if it's really his work or if it was the producer's work. And it just bothers so, me a bit. So I think the biggest difference between this album and the last album was I think you could hear a little bit more of Pop's influence in the decision-making of that album. Exactly. But, and, but I do, I'm, I'm, I have no problem trusting Pusha T with the access that he has to those songs because as we know, when he passed, just like Juice World, he apparently had a lot of music just stored and ready to go. So this will not be the last 
Pop Smoke album we get. Uh, I also believe that the deluxe is on the way. I mean, there were some songs that go pretty hard there. Like the one with uh, Kanye was pretty good. Yeah, I'm really, I really like the song with uh, 42 Doug and 21 Savage. Yeah, yeah, that one was good too. No, I, I think it's a good album. Don't get me wrong. I just, I don't. It's not going to be in your regular rotation. No, I don't think so. I, I think there might be select songs, but that's about it. Especially when that Donda drop. uh, Expectations for that. I think the whole thing's going to be a flame emoji. I, I'm, I'm excited. I like I'm, that little clip we heard. Yeah, but I'm bullish. I'm I'm bullish yet. I'm not getting my hopes up just yet because if you, everybody recalls, his last album was supposed to be the the craziest album, the the best album, and Jesus is King was just a letdown as far as I was concerned. Jesus is King also didn't have. Well, respectively, for those of you who don't know Vori, he was the first voice on the commercial. Chris Brown, Travis Scott, pushes somewhere on there. I'm, I'm just really excited. The production sounded like, almost like Father Stretch Your Hands to me. And mm-hmm. Life of Pablo was a great album. So I'm excited. Yeah, a little easy Dude. breezy uh, combination is going to be... I think that's probably going to be the song of the summer. <laughs> Chris, Chris Brown, speaking of people that we need. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, speaking of ours, we're about due for a Chris Brown album. Just yeah. a fair, just a fair request. That's all. That's okay. As long as he keeps himself out of trouble. So he's off the slopes there? <laughs> no. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we are, though, due. We're due for one of them. I, he's he's such a talented artist. It, it sucks that he's a bit of a shitty person, but can't deny his music talent. And no. he's he speaks one of for himself, man. Like legend. Mm-hmm. He's one of a kind and also a hell of a performer too. I mean, I, I've never been to one of his concerts, but I have heard that he puts on a great performance. Hmm. Yeah. So with that in mind, I mean, anything else that you want to wrap up here? I think we're good. Uh, we'll get into our football divisions most likely next week, like Zach said. Zach said. Do you want to pick on air what division you want to start with? I want to stay away from the NFC East. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. I, I think <laughs> NFC East and AFC South are the two last ones we should do, respectively. Uh, even the NFC North, I kind of want to stay away from too. Until <laughs> we have a little more clarity on the, that issue. <clears throat> so... We're going um, NFC South. Let's do AFC West, NFC West to start this off. Okay. Sounds good. That's my first, that would be my first call. You heard it here first, guys. AFC yeah. West, NFC West. So fans of those teams, get ready because we're almost, what, we're two weeks, three weeks? No, we're not. Now we're, we're a week from training camp and two weeks from that's it. Uh, first preseason game, August Thanks. 5th. Hall of Fame game, baby. Hall of Fame game, man. Yeah. Steelers, Cowboys, and then Hard Knocks. You're going to have stadiums back to being full capacity. Yeah. And if I don't know about you, but if, if they're anything like they've been in, let's say, the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, um, I'm specifically the, the second half of the NBA playoffs, I should say, and then the World Cup, but fans back has been huge right now. Oh, for sure, man. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing to get a little bit of regularity back. 
you know, players not having to pump themselves up. Mm-hmm. One thing that was over was understated was a lot of the players on defense could hear the offensive calls because of the lack of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to get a little bit more of an advantage back competitively. And no, I'm just, I'm really, really excited. Plus this also means mock draft season, fantasy football right around the corner. Yeah, no, I'm really excited for fantasy football. Uh, we get to get into that soon as well. And I will also, at the very end of this, share my 18 division parlay pick. Beautiful. I can't wait. All right. This is 2PC. We out. Peace.